Hey friends, I am Stephanie Goss and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. This week on the podcast, Andy and I are diving into the mailbag. We are tackling a question that came to us from a manager who was wondering what to do when you're supporting veterinary assistants becoming technicians. Now, this seems like a no-brainer. We know we have a shortage of veterinary technicians in the industry. We know that we need to train from within and yet there's some curveballs that come with this set of questions. This one was a fun one. Let's get into it. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke, and the one and only Stephanie. Can we find love again, guys? <laughs> How is it going, Andy Rourke? Oh, man. It's good, I think. It's good. Yeah. I, I, you I were, think about the world, yeah. You were in the clinic today. Did you see any cute puppies and kittens this morning? I, I did. I saw a number of cute puppies and kittens. I saw no kittens, only puppies. Um, <laughs> so you lied. Not by so choice. So you lied right off the bat. <laughs> I know, I did. Like, when you said puppy and kittens, I'm like, I saw cuteness this morning. And then as I drilled into it, I was like, oh, I only saw puppies this morning. Um, yeah, I saw... Uh, I saw I saw a Great Dane puppy, which I always I I do. They make good they make good oh, puppies just they're, they're all real feet. cute. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. feet feet and ears. Yes. I saw a cocker spaniel whose ears were perfect. Oh, and I was like, good. Oh, thank God. Keep them uh, that way. <laughs> yeah, so a cute little dog. But yeah, it was it was good. It oh. was really good. So oh, yeah, man. good. So, yeah, things are good. All the things that all the things that uh, that matter are good. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, it's, yeah. Um. It's a uh, it's a good time of year. How about you? Uh, things are good. We had uh, sunshine yesterday and it was beautiful here. I have been, uh, we have been having peaks of sunshine, which is fantastic. It's back to rainy and foggy today, but um, you know, it is, it is sunny and it's busy, man. It is, it is busy. It's that time of year where you're going different directions uh, and the days are getting longer, which just seems like you're trying to cram more stuff into the same time period. <laughs> yeah. The sun goes down late at night and uh, it means that like, I feel like the night is truncated. Like I'll, I'll just be hustling and hustling and also just time for bed. Yes. And, and yeah. Long, that was yesterday. It's, it's that time of year where, especially because we're so far North, once the days start lightening up, like we have daylight hours. I mean, in the summertime, it's light out here until almost 11 PM. So, but this time of year, I looked up yesterday and it was seven fifteen. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's still, A, it still feels like daytime and B, I got to go because I'm late to go get my my kid. And I was still sitting at my desk working on some stuff. So it was, uh, you know, it's, it's that time, it's that time of year for sure. Yeah. So yeah. Well, cool. Let's, um, let's dig into our mailbag a little bit. You want to? Yeah, we have, uh, we have a, we have a great one. Um, so it's, it's funny because this is going to be one where I think people are going to be like, are they talking about me? And full transparency like this. Uh, I could have written this word for word <laughs> uh, in a lot of ways at my at my prior practice. So I um, was talking to a manager and they had a technician resign and it was not just any tech, but their rock star. Like if you could clone them, you would mm-hmm. want an entire practice worth of this person kind of tech. Uh, and this tech happened to have just graduated tech school um, and passed their VTNE and gotten their their license. And uh, the big caveat is that the clinic paid for all of the things. So they helped yeah. pay for school. They paid for licensing, testing, all the CE, all the things. Um, and so that just finished and it's only been a few months and the tech submitted their resignation. And so the manager was really, really frustrated and angry and uh, bitter and all kinds of emotions um, for several reasons. And um, they were just like, dude, am I the a-hole for wanting to be angry and bitter and and hacked off that like we bent over backwards to accommodate this person. We supported them. We, you know, were their cheerleader. We helped them with schooling. We did all of these things. And then they just up and left. Um But then they were also really, really frustrated because they were like, this is a really great employee. This is a really great team member. I have a great relationship with them. And I'm feeling really hurt that they didn't come to me and talk to me about it because the reasons for the resignation were that this tech said, I need more money and more hours. And um, I've therefore accepted a leadership position with another local clinic that is going to give me both of those things. And the the manager friend was just like, you know, I'm super, super frustrated because I feel like 
I have an open door. I feel like we have a good relationship and I can't believe that they didn't come talk to me about it. And um, so they were just like, you know, what do I do with this in the in the future? Because I'm hurt. I'm angry. I don't want to get burned twice. So like, do I create a contract? Do I not pay for school anymore? What do I do moving forward to avoid these things? How do how do I do better next time? Yeah, this is I I see this a lot. And I think this is a really good one. I think this is going to be. This is going to be a really heavy headspace episode and really light on the action steps. Um, and and you'll you'll understand why when we get into it, unless you have action steps. Um, I, I think when you lay out the headspace for me, unfortunately, I don't I don't know that there's a whole lot you can actually do about this. And I'll, I'll lay out why that is. Okay. Uh, let, let me just go ahead and give a trigger warning at the very beginning. What I'm going to say is going to hack some people off today. <laughs> um, some people are going to really love it. And some are going to really hate it. And I get it. And I won't begrudge anyone who says, shut your face, Andrew. I, I hate what you're saying. I 100% understand Fair. why some people don't like what I'm going to say. But I, I do think this is I do think this is really important. And I just I got to call it like I see it. And, and this is definitely not a new issue that I run into. OK. All right. Fair. Yep. Got it. Okay. OK. Warning. Warning accepted. Warning accepted. Now, this is this is a first First piece of controversy that some people might get upset about, which is not what I was referring to, but the, the thing, the first thing that I, that might hack people off that I'm going to say is right here at the beginning. And okay. I just want I want to pause this show for one second and step up onto a soapbox that, that I promise it's related. I'm going to step up on the soapbox. Okay. All right. Number one, we talk a lot about uh, the virtues of our employees and our staff, and we talk about how great they are and uh, we should talk about how great they are and we should beat that drum and we should make our employees feel appreciated and things like that. However, praise and appreciation and celebration ha- often go down the chain way more often than they go up the chain, which means, you know, a lot of a lot of owners, a lot of managers, a lot of bosses celebrate mm-hmm. their staff like they should. Sure. And and it's it is. And it, I've it's much less common to see celebration of, of bosses. You know what I mean? Sure. It's like, and appreciation should go down the chain. Yeah. And so that's not it. But as the owner of a small business, I just want to say for one second, um, it's hard. It is really, really hard to be the person who invests into other people and puts a smile on your face and trains and grows and cheerleads and celebrates and supports and pays the bill, like picks up the tab, you know what I mean? And ultimately just think about what would happen if the payroll came out of your own personal checking account. Right. Like that's, that's the reality for a lot of business owners. And you just think about that and that pressure and, and, you know, and that stress and trying to sort of keep the lights on. And I, I think a lot of small business owners quietly carry that weight on their shoulders. It's a heavy weight. And so, when you have something like this where you say, I, you know, we invested in this person and, and we, we did this training, we did these things and that person left, I, I think it's important to empathize with that practice owner up front and say, I understand how somebody would feel this and feel this really deeply. And so I, I just, I, I see a lot of times these conversations go immediately into like what are the workers' rights and what should the business have done and blah blah blah. I, I just want to pause for a second and just and just empathize with the emotions of someone who is the owner or even the manager who has said we made these sacrifices and we reallocated these resources and we did these things, uh, and it didn't work out, and I'm hurt by that. Or you know what I mean? Or 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 I yeah I I I'm, I'm hurt by that. I, I just think I think that's a very human thing, and I don't think you can have a, a meaningful conversation if you don't allow the owners or the managers to be human beings for a moment. And so I think that's where I would start from a headspace standpoint and say, you know what? And, and we're going to do that for the for, for our employee too. Don't think I'm going to villainize the the technician that left and be like, how dare that person? She owes her soul to right. this practice who paid for her education. That's not true either. She's a human being and she's got needs, and everybody's trying to do their best. But but. I just I want empathy to go both ways as we start to talk about this. Yeah, for sure. My response immediately was no, you are not you are not the asshole. <laughs> the, yeah. the the reality is like look, the thing is to your point about being human, 
humans experience a wide range of emotions and emotions are not good or bad. They just are, right? It's how we're processing what is happening to us, what we're thinking, all of those things. And so you have every right to feel disappointed, angry, hurt, whatever the emotion is that you're feeling like there is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Feel it like embrace the suck, like wallow in it even for a day or two. For me, as that's like the giving yourself space to be human, right? And you can't stay in that place as a leader because you you can't. That's how staying in that place is how we become, uh, find ourselves heading down the road of being the slippery slope that leads to toxicity, right? Yeah. So I have, I, I totally empathize with them and feel them. And like I said, this was, this was literally me. And I was real, real mad. I went home that day and I was, I was really happy for my team member. And there were the conflicting emotions. Cause like you said, Andy, like I'm not going to villainize them. I'm not going to yep. begrudge them. I understood on a human to human level why they were making the decision and I still felt like crap and I went home and cried yeah. because I was sad. I was sad to lose this person that I genuinely liked. I was also angry that I had put time and energy into it. I was frustrated that I was going to have to start hiring again. All of those emotions are are valid and real. And so I agree with you. Like, I think it has to start with that's OK. And no, you're not you're not the jerk for wanting to feel those things and even wallow in it for a little bit. But yeah. The difference for me is how you choose to move on from there. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. There's um, whenever we have conversations like this, there's a cartoon I always bring up. It's one of my favorites. It's these two veterinarians and they're arguing. And one says, what if we train these people and then they leave? And the other one says, what if we don't train them and they stay? Yes. And I <laughs> I love that cartoon because that that sums up that sums up so so much of this you know um we have a we have a choice about do you grow people and develop them or do you not and yeah. uh if you don't develop them then you have to work with people who are not developed and if you do grow and develop them there's a chance that their interests might take them away from your practice or yeah. opportunities will become open to them that have not existed in the past that that they might decide they need to pursue and that's just the reality of the choice that we make there's no escaping from that choice, I, I don't believe. Um, and so I just I just think that that's, that's important to, I think that's important to lay down. I think that, um, I think that about the cart, about the cartoon and about which, which choice do we make, you know? Um, and we think about our team members, you made the point of, you, you want to work with someone who is developed, right? You don't want to work with undeveloped people. And so here's the thing. I could do nothing for my team members and life could still happen and they could get a job opportunity elsewhere. They could they could have, a, you know, a partner who needs to move like there's a million other reasons yeah. besides talent that would take someone away from my practice. And so if as a leader, we allow ourselves, that's what I mean about the wallowing, like if we allow ourselves to stay in that place of of fear and anxiety and and emotions that are uh you know in that in that vein when it comes to our team like we will never go anywhere because the reality is life is always going to happen and you know whether we whether we engage with and support and encourage and grow our people from within and so for me like that's a big part of the headspace piece is that philosophical stand mm-hmm that you have to take as a practice owner, as a practice manager on, do you want to work with people that you are trying to to grow and develop and better? Or do you want to just take people wherever they're at and leave them where they're at until they leave your employee? And that's like, it seems, it seems so simple, but it's also not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, it it is totally it's totally not. Is it the so the second the second thing I want to kind of put down, it, which is very related to that, is um you know it, it is this sort of idea of impermanence, right? And you sort of said it's frustrating. This person went to another vet clinic, right? What if she had this <laughs> terrible? What if she'd gotten hit by a bus, right? What you know? What if what if her spouse had had moved to another town with his job and she went right. uh, and she went with him? Like right. there's a million reasons that people leave a job, or they're what if they get injured? And they're unable to do the job. Like right. There's there's a 
million things that can happen to someone that that makes this not go the way that you imagined it going. I think that part of it is um, holding on to that idea of impermanence. So just like, I don't know, we're, I, I want to support this person, you know, in their education, but uh, they, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow or next year. And I think, yes. I think where we get in trouble is trying to convince ourselves that we have a lot of control and that this is permanent. Yes. And so, so that's where I get into this idea with teams. And I, I think that this is, this is a huge trap and a huge pain point for people who are leading teams. And I have been very guilty of this. This is one of the most painful lessons in my career is I really love the people I work with and I love the people who work for me and I care a lot about them. And I've always had this idea that I would build this wonderful culture with these great people and we would all live together for 30 years and like we would all retire on the same day you know what i'm talking about yeah it's like like a sitcom uh-huh. like like friends we would all be there hanging out having fun for 12 years and then you know and then yes. like we would all be like all right well it's been a great career yeah you know like we would have there there would be there would be an ending montage for each one of us going off into the sunset and like yes. then that that would and that would be it and we will have come together and all been there for each other the whole time and then we will all go off our own ways all with the same decision to do so so that no one's unhappy but right. we all decide that this is where our clinic together. ends and we leave together yep. and a new group of veterinary professionals <laughs> moves in and starts the season the next season of the sitcom like and it's just a new cast yes. and they all start over and yes. like that's this beautiful stupid idea that i have had forever and so the pain of Andy Rourke is seeing my team torn apart every three years. Like that is that is what I have lived with in my life is I will get people and they will be wonderful. And then the world will change or they will change or their needs will change or 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 what our what our company is doing changes and like that team gets kind of pulled apart or it grows and new people join and suddenly the dynamics change and the right. friendships shift around, you know, um, and, and the time that we spend with certain people shifts around and it's just not what it was anymore. And, and I know I'm not the only one who, who, who has this experience. Like think about your friends in high school mm-hmm. and you had this friend group and then think about your friends in college and this different friend group. And then think about when you had your first job and then when you, when you moved and you got a new friend group, like your whole inner circle has been torn apart and reassembled multiple different times. That's, that's life. And that is, that is what life is and what it's supposed to be. But gosh, we lie to ourselves. We, we just keep telling ourselves, nope, we're going to get it right. And we're going (laughs) to get the Finn group. And then we're all going to be the golden girls in 60 years, like 60 years from now, we'll, we'll, my pet clinic will be the golden girls. We'll be really, really old people who have been together forever. And it's, it's just not, it's not how the world works for the fast, fast majority of us. Yeah. And so I, I think internalizing that is, is important in saying, you know, don't be afraid of impermanence. And so if you buy into what I'm saying and you say, okay, Andy, I get it. Um, as much as I want to believe I'll bring these people in and grow them and we'll bond and they will just stay here for the rest of their career, that's probably not going to happen. Well, what the heck is the point then, Andy? And my answer to it is, I think the most Zen way to look at this is to try to get yourself into a headspace where you have people who come through your doors and they join your team and they have a good job and they enjoy the work and they grow as people and as caregivers, you know, and as colleagues. Right. And then ultimately they they almost certainly move on to do something else, but you've hired new people who have come in and they're going to grow and they're going to develop. And if you're lucky, you get them staggered out enough so that somebody wonderful is leaving and that opens up a hole for somebody else to grow. And don't feel bad if you look around and you have someone who leaves your A plus rockstar tech and you're like, I don't know who's going to step into this hole. It, it happens. And it might not happen the way that you think. Right. There's this saying, um, the cemeteries of London are full of indispensable men. And the idea, uh, it shouldn't be gendered, but but the old saying is. But but yeah. the idea being, there, we all want to look around and say, boy, we've got this person. We couldn't do it without her. Right. Um, yeah, you could. 
You could, and you would, and the world would turn, and you would figure it out, and people would flex and shift and step up in ways you didn't expect, and know that person would not be replaced, but the team itself would change, right? And and that place would get taken, and so it's just amazing where two other people would expand and cover that job, and then you would hire someone, and they would not replace the person who left, but they would take workload off of the people who shifted over, and the whole, and now you're like this team functions entirely differently right that's that's normal that's how it's supposed to happen yes and so those are those are sort of my big things is um do we what if we train these people and we leave what if we don't they stay and then the idea of of impermanence of your team is going like our whole lives are spent trying to we're all on a river we're on a stream and we're all trying to gather a raft around us that is stable that we can rely on that just is going to take us down this raft in as much comfort as possible and then our raft gets torn apart every two years and then we spend two more years trying to rebuild a new raft and then Uh we do and then it all gets torn apart again and that's the human experience yeah. And so so that is just it is just part of it and it's just built into having having the team. So I wrote an article a year or so ago that I, I really liked, but it was in it was in a, a re- response to a question basically identical to this and I thought, you know, what if we could get into this place where our goal was to bring people in, give them a great place to work, grow them, run a good healthy business while we did it. Mm-hmm. And then when they left, we celebrated them and said, thank you for being here. Right. Good luck to you on your adventures. You know, I'm glad we were part of your growth. I know I know doctors who have that experience. You know, I know doctors who are just proud of the people who come up and, you yeah. know, they, they go on. I, you see it a lot in, um, in people who come in as assistants and they work and they work. And at some point they, they go yeah. to tech school. And then they decide they want to be a tech somewhere else or in another city or yeah. an emergency clinic or they go, they come up and then they go to vet school and they become a veterinarian and they right. go live in another state. And and then that doctor will see that young vet, veterinarian or that young vet tech. And 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 there's no awkwardness about, oh, why didn't you come back to our clinic? Yeah, no. But it was rather, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Like, isn't that beautiful? Yeah, it, it really is. And like that is that is one lesson that I learned on a personal level and by watching my former bosses, that was my experience at my first practice. You know, I was growing and we hit that that place where I wanted to do more things and I was ready for more things and the clinic wasn't really ready. And they could have been, I was doing a lot in the clinic at that point in time. They could have chosen to be negative or to be sad or disappointed about me leaving. And instead they looked at me and they said, you know, we're really excited for you. Like yeah. we, we wish you the best of luck. And I remember um, I, I moved towns. I was still living where I was, but I was commuting um, about 35 minutes then for my new position. And I remember running into them at our state VMA conference. It was, a few years later and it was so good to see them and they gave me giant hugs and they were just like tell us how everything's been going like we're su- you know we're super excited to hear how it's been going and i carried that with me that feeling of it didn't feel awkward i felt supported i felt encouraged i felt believed in all i've carried all of those feelings forward with me as a manager um and felt really lucky that i had that example set for me um because that's how i want to make my team feel yeah. you know and that's what i mean about um and this this you know starts my my action step section honestly is like the philosophical conversation as a practice owner in particular but as a practice manager if you're working with a uh, owner or medical director sit down and have that philosophical conversation about that the impermanence and the the truth that we are working in an industry with a massive shortage of qualified personnel and the mm-hmm. reality is if we all sit around and wait for a certified veterinary technician to drop out of the sky at all of our practices to solve all of our problems there's going to be a whole hell of a lot of us sitting there waiting forever (laughs) 
right? And so I think we have to have that philosophical conversation about what does growing people from within look like? And it really has to start with getting on the same page about the impermanence of it. Because no matter what you decide to do, whether you have just a homegrown on the job training program or whether you're going down the road like this clinic did where you're paying for structured school and you're supporting them in different ways, that can look a million different ways for for all the different clinics. But no matter what choice you make, you're going to put effort and energy into someone that may leave. And so that philosophical conversation about impermanence, I think, is the first place to actually start. Yeah, I I agree with that. Hey, friends, I want to make sure that you know about an upcoming workshop that you're not going to want to miss. And I know I say that about a lot of our workshops, but I mean it about this one. Well, I mean it about all of them, let's be real, but this one holds a special place dear and dear to my heart. Two reasons. One, my friend Dr. Jen Qualman is leading the workshop. Number two, it's about technology. And if you've listened to the podcast, you know what a techno nerd I am. I am super excited to have Jen with us. Thanks to our friends at Televet. She is going to be talking on May 24th. Uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern, so 5 p.m. Pacific, about trending technology in the veterinary space. Now, I love technology. We've talked about it on the podcast. We've had guests on the podcast. And one of the conversations that has been uh, going around and around in a lot of the groups I'm in lately has been about chat GPT or uh, artificial intelligence AI. And so if you've ever wondered about using AI in your practice, or if you have wondered about wearable technology for pets, uh, communication tools and techniques that use artificial intelligence or advanced technologies, those are the kind of things that Jen is going to dive into during this workshop. Because most of us have wondered when we've talked about those technologies, if they actually will save us any time or energy, or if they're just a new trend. So Jen is going to dive into some of the things that have come to market, some of the things that are actively being used in veterinary medicine that you might not know about, and ways that we can incorporate technology into the veterinary space in a way that works with us and not against us. So if this sounds like something that you'd love to get in on, head on over to the website at unchartedvet.com forward slash events to find out more. We'll see you there. And now back to the podcast. I think the second part for me and kind of where you go is this, and this is another lesson sort of hard learned. Uh, when I was a young business consultant, so I was, I was practicing as a doctor and I had just, I had been, I've been doing more sort of consulting and, in, in, in media and, and things on the vet side and, mm-hmm. and for vet co- big, like big vet companies. And so I was doing some of that work early on as, and I've been, I've been in practice for you know three years as a doctor and, and I was doing that and I was balancing it. And I, I had this idea that if I worked with these companies and I really went above and beyond and I really did all that I could to help them, uh, especially as they were getting up and getting going or getting projects started, then that when the projects worked out, then they would remember or recognize the extra work that I would put in and how much I had tried. And that would come back to me and I would get, you know, I would get more opportunities or, or I would at least be sort of celebrated for, oh man, Andy, you really, you pushed this and you did these extra things and you, and you opened thanks these doors. Thanks for making this happen. Thanks for making this happen, you know, yep. and I really went after it and, and just didn't really set personal boundaries for myself because I was like, no, they're going to be so happy when this is done. They're going to be so happy how, when this, when this turns out. And what I found is that that didn't, it, it usually didn't happen. It almost right. never happened. Right. And I don't think those people were being jerks. I think people are just innately self-centered and they have short memories. Sure. You know what I mean? And, sure. and it is kind of a what have you done for me lately thing because that's what people remember. And so I remember being resentful early in my career because I felt like I had thrown in and did these kind things because I thought they would come back to me. Right. And through lessons like that, I came to believe that you should not do kind things because you want them to come back to you or you right. expect that they're going to come back to you. Yeah. You should do kind things because you want to do kind things. And then if everyone forgets that you did the kind thing, you still feel fine with it because you wanted to do it. Right. And, yeah. uh, you were and doing it was it. not about, am I going to get recognized later yeah. on? Is this going to come back to me? Am I going to benefit? 
future. And and I I learned that lesson painfully, um, but it stuck with me. Yeah. And I I still I still believe it, and I still do it a lot. I feel like one of the big headaches that I see a lot of leaders struggle with is like appreciation programs where they're like, we did this appreciation program and nobody cared. Nobody said thank you to us. And you know what? That's really crappy. And I totally understand. And just like in this instance, the person who does that and says, I took a whole day and decorated everybody's lockers and I hired a masseuse to come in and no one even said thank you. Like, ouch, 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 ouch. Yeah. I fully understand why that would hurt. Sure. And at the same time, the healthiest place you can be is to say, I decorated their lockers because I wanted to. Right. Because I knew I wanted to brighten this place up. It would make me happy to do it. And I thought it would bring some joy into their day. And if they don't say thank you, I still did it because I wanted to do it. And I got the masseuse because I wanted to say thank you to them, not because I wanted them to say thank you to me. And so, so I just do it. And so I really do think that that's important in how we look at just giving to other people. It's so much healthier to say, I'm going to give, I'm going to make this sacrifice because I think it's the right thing to do and I want to do it and not necessarily because I want something in return. Yeah. So I think that that's a big part of Headspace, you know? Was that your, uh, this is probably going to make hack people off. Was that your second? Yeah, that's com- we're coming into it. Like that was, that was the first, that was the first step down the path towards okay, we're going to hack people. Just off. Che- just checking. All right, tell me when you're ready for the second step. Let's go for it. All right. So if you buy into that, the next question that people always put to me is to say, "But Andy, this is an investment." Mm-hmm. Right. This is an investment. I'm going to pay for this school. Yes. And then there and then I need to get return on my investment. And shouldn't I have them sign a contract that says that they're going to stay after they're done with this? And you're shaking your head. We both know people who do this yes. in their practices and yes. they're very successful practices. And yes. they would argue with me in a heartbeat about yes. this. But I don't care because they don't have a podcast. So and I do. So just deal with it. So I'm the one with the microphone. So here it goes. Um there I think the answer here is you should have clear expectations and 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 ongoing transparency about how everybody is doing. And I think that that is that is where I think this employee drop the ball. I think this is where I'm going to criticize the staff member that left. I know that's where I'm going to criticize this person. Um, But I think you have clear expectations and you talk about what you're doing and why you're doing it and what the expectations are. And I think you have those conversations. I don't know that you want to have someone in your clinic who does not want to be there, but they have a contract that says that they're not allowed to leave. I don't know that you want that. I think the cost of culture are too high. Full stop. Yes. I'm 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 on I'm on board with you. And you know, it's very much our uh it's very much our pick pick our pick your poison, right? Yep. And to me, I I would people people who stay and are miserable because they are too afraid to break a contract, can't afford to break a contract, can't afford to stay to stay working the hours or whatever the reasoning is there's a million different reasons that you you have that choice where you keep them and then to your point i agree with you 100 percent. full stop there's a huge cost to culture with that or Mm -hmm. you accept the fact that you are going to pay for some things for some people who will leave Yep. And you have to make that choice about the the poison that you you want to consume and that you want your team to consume. And I am in full agreement with you. And it's funny because I was not always like I was sure. the manager for a lot of years where myself included when I my hospital paid for school and I worked in exchange for going to school. And it was normal. And so I, it was normal for me when I was a team member. And so it became normal for me when I was a manager. And I was like, well, of course, if I'm making this big investment mm-hmm. and I'm essentially as the, as on behalf of the practice asking, acting as a bank and lending you this money to pay for school, then I'm going to expect to expect that it gets paid back, right? Either actually paid back in cash or paid back in time, time served. And I have it that's sounds, how that's how you thought about your clinic was time served, right? Uh, yeah. Like I heard that, but it's an 
awful frame of mind. Like when I have step to break back, a lot of rocks. Yes. When I step back, I have to look at a lot of freaking fecals under the microscope to pay that back. Like I'm on poop duty for two years, man. Uh, but like it's I feel this way about a lot of things now that were standard and normal when mm-hmm. I started in veterinary medicine. And maybe I'm just old now. And I but I, I have learned new tricks. And for me, like the value of having good people who know that I care about them, who enjoy their job, who want to show up and give it their all and who want to work together with the team. Like, I want that over having a body in a position because they feel a debt that they have to repay. Well, because not even that they feel it, that that it's written down. Right. And contractually. Yes. They're not able to to leave. I just yes. when you think it all the way through and you say, oh, boy, do I want to have somebody who has a contract and they can't leave even though they want to? You, most of us go, oh, no, that's not that's not what we want. I do think we need to have clear expectations up front and just sort of say, hey, this is a lot of money and this is a big deal, you know, and I, I really want you to be here. What's it going to you know, what's it going to take to do that? And let's make sure we continue to talk and and. Is there a chance that you're going to get taken advantage of? The answer is yes. But I, I and this is again where, where people disagree with me sometimes, and maybe I'm I'm hopelessly optimistic or I my faith in people is too high. I um I don't I don't think you close sort of you close your heart. You don't think you close goodwill um just because someone somewhere is going to take advantage. And like they will think about, you know, yes. you, this is it's funny. This is a difference in politics is uh, I know people who are like, we should have so many government programs and they should all be great. And I, I know other people who are like, we should have no government programs because people will take advantage. Yes. And the truth is you should have smart government programs and know that some people somewhere are going to right. take advantage. Sure. But the greater good overall is served, yeah. you know, and, and that that's kind of it. And I think that that's the healthy way to run the business is to balance um, between not offering programs to support people and just having programs all over the place with no metrics and no thought about what we're trying to do. Right. And, and does this make sense? The, the, the path, the path is the middle. And yeah, if you work with human beings, you're going to get screwed over at some point and there's right. going to be somebody who's going to take advantage of the system. There is. Um, this this has to be this has to be a long this has to be the long game. It has to be part of your philosophy to say this is what we want to try to answer or we want to try to offer to our people. And some of them are going to stay and some of them are not. But ultimately, over time, you're going to end up building a great culture and you're going to build people who are, are loyal to be there. I think it's important to also say you see the emphasis that I'm putting on building loyalty with people after it's over. I really do think you have to, you have to do that because if you buy into what I'm saying, there's a lot of people out there who are like, we're going to pay for you to get this degree and then we're not going to compensate you for having that degree because we just paid for the thing. Right. And so you're going to keep working at this lower rate because we picked up we the tab for your education. It. Yeah. And that goes back to what I said before about people, unfortunately, have short memories right. and tend to be naturally self-interested, which yes. means it's only a matter of time until that person who's now got a degree starts to look around and somebody else goes, why are you there, man? Right. You can I'll make you $5 more. an hour more. And they go, oh, that seems fair. And, 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 they, and they go. And if you try to stop them from going, now you've got a resentful person under contract and that's not what you want. Yes. And so it really is. It's just hard. Uh, like this is, this is kind of the, the situation that we end up in. And so anyway, all that to come around and say, I don't have a whole lot of criticism for what this manager did. And I think that they are 100% entitled to their feelings. There is one thing that I would call bullshit on and say, this is not okay. And, and it goes into a lot of how we teach negotiation up the chain when we talk to people who are working inside of, inside of practices. I do agree with this manager that the person not coming to the manager and saying, hey, I'm, I've been offered this other thing. I'm seeing other opportunities to earn more of a living. And I, and, I, and I live paycheck to paycheck. And this is a significant deal for me. I do not think that you can get frustrated at this person for leaving for a job where they got paid more money. 
Sure. I, I do, however, think that you can feel betrayed or you can feel like you were not um, treated fairly by this person not communicating to you that they were thinking about leaving or that they had opportunities or giving you the opportunity to try to retain them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you don't have to stay where you are, but if it really is just about the money, it goes back to what we always say, what is kind? Mm-hmm. Is it kind to just take another job and say, hey, I have to go because I've got more money. It's kind to you and it's kind to your family and that is important. But the kindest thing overall is to say, hey, I've gotten this job and it's, it's what my family needs and I need to do this. But I appreciate, I like working here. I appreciate all that you've done for me. I wanted to ask if you thought there was any chance that you guys could match this so that I could continue, so I could get this thing that my family needs and that I mm-hmm. need and that's available to me and still and still stay on. And if the practice says, I'm sorry, we can't pay you that, then everybody should be sad, mm-hmm. but no one should be angry or resentful. Right. right. You know, um, yeah. I, I do understand the anger and the resentment in this issue because you, they didn't feel like they were given given a chance. Yeah, I think that's spot on. And I think um, I don't I don't know. Um, and I don't, we don't want to assume right in this situation, but. When we said, okay, we don't have very many action steps, there were there were two that were really closely tied together for me. And that was as a as a manager, if you're not cre- like, I, I agree with you, I can totally understand all of those feelings, feeling frustrated, angry, hurt, like, I thought I had an open door. And I'm yeah. shocked that they didn't come talk to me like that yeah. is a crappy, crappy feeling. And sometimes you can have that and you can have a great relationship with your team. And sometimes it doesn't it doesn't matter like i've yeah. ha- i've been in the same position where someone i thought who would have come and talked to me didn't and when time went by and we were actually safe to have the conversation i had a follow up conversation with that person and they were just like i was really afraid i didn't like i was really afraid of what you would say and so mm-hmm. i i just chickened out like i could have yeah. come to talk to you you know and like i couldn't have done anything more as a manager to control that and that yep. made me feel better like just getting to that headspace of Sometimes you can't control what other people are going to yes. do. And sometimes you can do all of the things right and it still works out that way. And so I think give yourself a, a little bit of grace, especially if you are one of those managers that is sitting down and having active conversations. And from an action set perspective, if you are a leader in your practice and you're not having regular one-on-one conversations with your team, and there's two pieces of it that are that are pertinent, I think, to this situation that are really important. I would say I would say start having one-on-one conversations. And yeah. one of them is developmentally, like if you're not asking your people what do you want to be when you grow up, uh, in some way shape or form on a regular basis and asking where do they want to go? Do they want to become a licensed technician? Do they want to become a lead tech? And that was part of this here is that this technician was like, "Hey, I'm taking a role as a lead." Well, did you know that they wanted to be a leader? Did you know that they wanted more hours? Did you know that they needed more money? Like they may not have told you, but we've got to have the conversations that would lead to unearthing that information or them volunteering that information. So developmentally, where do they want to go in their career? Who do they want to be when they grow up? And the other piece of it, and this is this is a curveball and a lot of managers stray away from it because we're afraid of conflict in veterinary medicine. And we're also afraid to talk about money because it's really personal. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that we need to be asking our team on a semi-regular basis is the question, if you were offered a job somewhere else for more money, would you entertain it? Because we need to know what do our, what do our people need? Right. We, we may not, we still may not be able to change the outcome but we should have that knowledge and should be having conversations about money and about what we're paying our people and knowing what our pay skills are and the way that we get to doing that hard work is by asking the asking the questions. And so from an action step perspective, the only thing that I could really think about is if you're out there and you're like, oh, this has happened to me and you're a manager who's not sitting down and having those one-on-one conversations with your team. I think that having those conversations and asking them the questions about where do they want to go financially in their career and where do they want to go developmentally in their career are both really, really important action steps. Yeah, I I do agree with that. I had an employee recently that I had coffee with and uh, I had sort of heard through the grapevine this person wasn't really happy um, and that they weren't feeling included in, in a number of things that were sort of going on. And so I, I said, let's get coffee. And we went out and I sat down with the person and I talked to her. And 
I said, you're amazing. And I, I want you to be here. And I really love working with you. I, I love your work. And it bothers me that I heard from some, someone else that, that you were feeling excluded or you weren't being able to do things that you wanted to do. And I wish, you know, I wish that you would, you had told me, I wish that you, I wish that, I always want you to reach out to me and, and tell me these things I want to know. Right. And she said, well, you know, I assumed that you were so busy that I didn't, I didn't want to bring, I didn't want to bring this up because I knew, I knew how much you had on your plate and I knew that you were busy. I knew you were working. And I said, well, I, I saw you working independently and doing great. And so I thought she doesn't need to be bothered and she's busy and I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't need to pull her into a one-on-one -on -one when she's, when she's crushing it. And so she was like, well, I assumed you weren't talking to me, you weren't pulling me in for these things because you didn't want me there. And I was like, no, I wasn't pulling you in because I thought you were really busy. And I thought that you would tell me if you wanted to be a part of this. And she was like, right. well, I didn't tell you I, you I want to be part of it because I thought you were really busy. Right. <laughs> you had other things. And yes. I was like, okay, let's go ahead and let's, let's fix this. <laughs> this sounds familiar. <laughs> and yeah, and let's fix this. And, and, and then it was, then it was a, a, it was a fairly darn easy fix because I, I, want her to be happy and and she kind of knew what she was interested in and it's like okay but I, but I didn't know and she didn't want to tell me because she made assumptions about about me or the awkwardness of the conversation and I I made assumptions about her and it's just it's just I just say all that in that you can have wonderful people who are are doing great and thriving and we can make assumptions about our need to engage with them with the thought that they're going to come and let us know if they need something. Yes. But they make the exact same assumptions that we do about it being awkward or, or it not yes. being the right time or us not having time. And so so somebody's kind of got to go first. And so I, I really, that was kind of an eye-opener for me about making sure I'm checking in with my high performers. There's a lot of people who, there's a lot of people who make, make time to circle up to the people who bring a lot of drama or you know what I mean or who are very vocal yes. about their feelings yes. and will often let our quiet high performers just go yes. and there's a real risk to that and I was yes. reminded of that soon yes. recently yeah that I I would agree with that 100% and it's and it's just I think it's just human nature right like we we believe in them like this at the this manager was like, this is, I would clone this person. This is my rock yeah. star. And so you think, all right, out of all of the fires that are standing, especially as a manager, like, look, dude, our job is dealing with the fact that everything in the clinic every day is on fire <laughs> for a lot of us, right? Well, yeah. And so you're staring at all of the fires in front of you and you're like, oh, look, she's not on fire. So I'm going <laughs> to look at all of this stuff over here, right? Well, yeah. And I think it's just that lesson of that still doesn't mean that we don't need to nurture and, to, and, and, you know, take tender care of those relationships. And so I think that would be from an action step perspective is really carving out that time. Cause I've had team members say that to me, like, you're so busy. I just don't want to put one more thing yeah. on your plate. And I'm like, no, this is this the is thing important. that I need on my plate. Like I yeah. need to make this time. You are important. I need you to feel supported and heard. And so let's, let's do this thing. And I think if you're a manager who has had those conversations or is having those conversations with your team. Like for me, that was the warning sign or the wake up call of like, oh, hey, look, I need to carve out time for these people and be able to sit down with my team where they have my full attention and they're not having to ask for it. And so I think that's, you know, one-on-ones create that space to do it. Um, and make it a, you know, make it a natural a part, part of your process and, and make everybody feel heard. But I, I think you're spot on. We can't leave the, the high performers out of that. Sure. Well, there is a rock star problem that a lot of places have where I see a lot of practices that are set up around having a rock star and then everybody else is kind of a backup singer and, and the clinic is fine with that. And the risk to that is, first of all, rock stars are the people who are most likely to get opportunities yes. to go other places. If yes. you have a little band and you have one rock star, um, the specialty hospital down the road who can pay more money than you, um, they're going to want to meet that person. And those are the people who might get opportunities with industry because the pharma reps come in and they see this person. And they go, wow, she's really charismatic. She's super smart. She learns fast. Right. She does all these things. Um, they're going to get offered other opportunities because they're a high performer. Yes. And if you're not growing other rock stars for if and when this person leaves for another adventure, 
I think that you're being short-sighted. Yes. I think it falls into that impermanence thing we talked about before where they're like, oh no, we've got somebody who kicks butt. We're just going to let her keep kicking butt and everybody else can just help her. And I'm like, she might nope. not walk in the door tomorrow for right. a variety of reasons. Yep. And you missed the chance to use her to bring up and mentor other people you know what I mean? To spread the wealth around so you have a more uniformly strong team that's yeah. more resilient. If your team depends on an individual, that's not a resilient team. Right. That's a team that can get decimated in its uh, capacity for workout, but uh, really fast. Oh, man, this one was fun. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this is this is one of the hard ones where it's, it's I, I think this is almost entirely a headspace. The, uh, mm. thing. I don't know really what you do about it. Like I said, I no. wish the employee had said something, but I think we have to own the fact that oftentimes they're not going to, and mm -hmm. you can't make people. And the other thing too, and I don't know anything about this, but um, you know, there is a chance sometimes that people say, well, I took this other job and I didn't talk to you because I was embarrassed or blah, blah, blah. The truth is they were unhappy in their job and they didn't want to stay here. And so they were, they were going to leave and you'll never, you'll never know that. Yeah. Don't, don't eat yourself about that. You don't, no. you don't know. But um, I think we lay down a lot of the, of the key, key ideas is you got to get yourself in a healthy headspace as far as we're, we are dedicated to growing these people. We know that teams are impermanent and they're going to turn over. They just are. Yeah. We're going to do training and learning and development because we want to do it, not because we're investing for, uh, you know, a, a, an outcome down, down the road. You might get a great outcome down the road, but that's not why you should do it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a real risk if you are. And the last thing is good open door conversation, check in with your people, try to make sure that, you know, that they're doing okay, stay engaged, um, all, all of those sorts of things. Yeah. I love it. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Yeah, everybody take care of yourselves. Bye guys. Well, friends, that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. Andy and I had a great time recording this one and we hope that you enjoyed it. I want to take one second before we're done today and say a big giant thank you to some of our industry partners. Last week was our Uncharted April conference and we had an amazing time in Greenville, South Carolina. We went to the zoo, we saw old friends, we met new friends, and we talked about some of the issues that are facing all of us and both challenging us and giving us joy in vet med. And it was an amazing experience. We couldn't do it without our industry partners. And in particular, our Anchor Club sponsors for 2023 help really make some special events happen. And so I have to say a big thank you from our team and our community to Nutramax, to Nationwide, to Care Credit, to Chewy Health and Hills Pet Nutrition. Thank you, thank you, thank you for helping make this event amazing and make all of our events happen. We really appreciate you all. We'll see you next week, friends. 